Welcome to the Modern Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Bree Brown, a business mindset coach, entrepreneur, and a top competitor in a male-dominated industry. I'm a native Texan, the youngest of all brothers, and a lettuce-hating, wine-loving, curses-like-a-sailor recovering perfectionist. I've spent over a decade building my commission-based career, and my life's purpose is helping other women achieve the same multi-six-figure success I achieved before I was 25. I have a passion for helping women with mindset, money, and manifestation skills to help every young woman realize her full potential. If you're looking for vulnerable conversations, professional development, inspiration, or even a kick in the ass to get you motivated, you have come to the right place. Thanks for checking out the Modern Manifestation Podcast. Now let's jump right in to today's topic. Hello, all my fabulous souls. I hope you are having a fantastic week. Nope, you know what? I hope you are having a fantastic year so far. We are in January, the third week of January by the time this podcast is going out. And I want to remind you before we get into today's episode that there is still time for you to set whatever goals you have for yourself this year. There is still time to mentally dive into new, real changes for yourself as well. It is not too late. It is never too late. I don't care if you're listening to this episode in July, September, November, December. It is never too late to start making change for yourself. Maybe you've already broken your resolutions. Maybe you have already slipped on some of your goals. That is okay. You can always start over this very minute, this very hour. You don't have to wait till Monday. You don't have to wait till next month, next year, whatever. Wherever you are in your life when you are tuning into this, it is okay to start anew and to become that person you want to become right now. And since we are in the third week of January, and this is usually when people start to drop off on their resolutions, I really wanted to make sure that we address that at the beginning of this episode. That way, if you are feeling any of that, you have the ability to release that guilt, let it go, and just allow to be what you need to be and do what you need to do. And with that, let's jump in to today's topic. This week, we are continuing our Money Mindset series and our topic of getting into energetic alignment with money. And if you are new to my show, welcome, welcome. So glad to have you. This is episode part three out of four. So if you are just tuning in and this is one of your first few episodes, I'd highly recommend you go and listen to the first two of this portion because these episodes do build on on top of each other and I don't want you to miss out on something. So if you haven't already, go back, listen to the other first two episodes, episodes 24 and 25, before jumping into this one. For the rest of my MoMA fam, thank you, thank you for continuing to spend your valuable time with me. I love seeing how many of you are tuning in each week, sharing these episodes, reaching out. It makes me feel just so fucking grateful to share your time with you. It means the world to me. I didn't even get a chance to announce that I'd already surpassed 2,500 downloads and listens, but here we are. That's incredible. I was not expecting to be here less than six months in, but I'm just so grateful for every one of you that continue to spend your time with me. I don't take it for granted. I know how valuable your time is. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So far in this series, we have covered limiting beliefs around money and having a positive relationship with debt. 
Now we are going to talk about the importance of money literacy. And when I say money literacy, I'm talking about having an understanding of and speaking the language of your money. I'm talking about having a general idea of how all of these things work. You might also be more familiar with the term finances. And to be perfectly clear, when I say finances, I'm not asking if you can go build a cash flow analysis in Excel using all these fancy shortcuts without a mouse. I'm asking if you can have a general discussion about money, about equity, stocks, interest rates, revenue, net income, gross income, return on investment, etc. Can you speak the same language as your money? And how much time have you really invested in this relationship? If you had a friend who spoke Japanese and you spoke English, let's just say, and neither of you could speak the other language, how close could you become? And even if you could become close, how quickly could that occur? It would not be a very efficient process. And if that friend then made an attempt to learn English, but you made no effort whatsoever to return the favor and learn a few phrases in Japanese or learn how to even basic introductions or some general understanding of their culture and language, then that relationship is going to feel one-sided to the other person. And to some extent, in either case, that relationship will be limited until there is a mutual understanding, either via language or energy or whatever. It's the same idea with your money. If you want a relationship with it, you need to make an effort to speak its language. It's critical for manifesting more. You have to at least try some sense of fluency. So I ask the question again, how knowledgeable about your money are you? And remember what I said about respect for it in one of the previous episodes. Are you showing your money respect by staying interested in it, showing it care and attention by learning its language so that way you can communicate in flow? We all throw this word flow around as if it's like some way to instantly get us there about this, you know, invisible energetic thing that we just latch onto and go for the ride. But what does it actually mean? Being in flow is connecting. It's understanding. It's being on the same frequency. It's becoming an energetic alignment. And you can't do that unless there is energy going both ways. And your money is always sending you energy. But what are you sending it back? That is being in flow. And this skill or this fluency, by the way, does not require any special degree, certificate, certification, whatever. You can grasp the basic concepts of this or of money through endless free resources. You can just spend some time on YouTube, reading articles, finding books, finding ebooks, listening to podcasts, whatever it is that you can find and consume on money. That's going to help you get there. Like I said, you don't have to have any formal training or courses in money to understand it and learn it in a way that makes sense to you. If you're an auditory learner, get some audiobooks, listen to podcasts. If you're a more visual person, try to find some books with graphs, find a YouTube video, whatever works for you. Money is not hard to understand, but it might be new to you. And that's okay because we all start at ground zero with money. No one comes out of their mom thinking like, oh, let's just talk about cash flow analyses and net income and gross income and, you know, all these things, bonds and stocks. No, everyone starts with nothing. So start trying to understand and learn about money in a way that works for you. There's so many free topics online. All you need to do is spend some time getting familiar. It won't take a whole week even. I mean, you could probably sit down and just binge watch some YouTube videos in like an hour or two and have so much more knowledge about how money works and ways in which you could be more invested in your relationship with money. 
And now that I'm thinking about it, I will spend some time later this week putting into the show notes some of the things that I've used to learn more about money. Historically, I've usually read books or gone to YouTube because for me, that information seems to sit a little better whenever it comes to finance. I like to be able to see images and things like that moving. So that's probably what I'll put in there. But the world is your oyster. There's just so much free content online. Utilize it. Utilize it to your advantage. And going back to that friend example, wouldn't that friend be ecstatic if all of a sudden the next time you saw them, you were just spitting out some basic Japanese phrases and you were making an effort to get to know them a little better in return? That friend would probably be thrilled. They'd probably be so excited that you were making an effort to connect with them also. And your money will be too. We all talk about wanting more wealth. I feel like that is a really trendy topic right now. But how many of us are actually taking an active role with our money? And I can't stress this enough, so I'm going to keep saying it throughout this episode. If you want to have a positive and respectful relationship with your money, learn its language, start to understand it, start to engage with it. Your money is always asking what it is that you want. It is your turn to ask how it works, what it wants. Be a good friend and invest time with it. Treat your money like your friend. Show your money care and attention and work to understand it. And when you start to do this, it will open up the floodgates of abundance. To manifest more money into your life, you need to become your own personal CFO, your own chief financial officer. You need to know how your money works for you, how it could work for you. And in addition to learning the language of your money, you also need to know how to apply this to your own financial understanding. And you do this by becoming aware of your needs and educating yourself on your budget, just like a CFO would. And that's what I'm talking about when I tell you to become your own CFO. So questions a CFO would ask themselves would be things like, how much money does your lifestyle require each month? Do you know the number of your necessities or what number you have to meet in order to meet your necessities? How much money do you earn each month? Is there a deficit? What are your quarterly and annual projections? Your net revenue versus your gross revenue. How in control of your financial picture are you? Become an expert in your financial planning by being proactive about it and watch it grow under your attention when you start to be more intentional. I'll say that again because it's extremely important. Be proactive with your money and watch it grow under your attention by being more intentional. So if you haven't already, start by spending some time this month figuring out how much you need to have each month in order to live, and then how much you need to have each month in order to feel abundant, and how much you need to have each month to have the lifestyle that you want. And then determine how much you're actually spending each month, and how does that compare to those things? And this, by the way, this is not scarcity. I always get the question where people are like, well, how do you budget or how do you watch your money without coming from a place of scarcity? You need to understand managing your money is not scarcity. Money planning is a positive thing. It allows you to cultivate an understanding of and plan for your money. And notice that I say money planning and not budgeting. So many people have a negative connotation with the word budgeting because they feel like that's coming from the energy of scarcity. So I like to say money planning because that means it's the money I have, it feels more abundant, and now I'm going to plan for where this money goes. What buckets does it fill? Money planning is all about being intentional, thoughtful, and showing your money care. And I'm not telling you, by the way, when I say money planning, I'm not telling you to minimize where it's going in the process. 
just simply to know the what, where, and when it's going. I guess when it's going is, and I guess it still works if you're planning. Own this part of your journey and you will be coming from a place of being proactive instead of reactive. So maybe in the process of managing your money, you begin to realize that there is somewhere, there is an imbalance somewhere. There's somewhere that you are just not quite aligned in terms of what you're spending and what you're receiving. Now you have the ability to correct this imbalance. You can operate from a place of knowing or of empowerment because you can't correct what is hidden from you. If you have no idea where the issues are or why it feels like money is immediately leaving your bank account as soon as it arrives, then you have a huge issue. You're not in flow. You're coming from a place of scarcity. You can avoid it all day long, but that's still operating from a place of scarcity. And avoiding it altogether is only going to make things more negative for you. It's only going to make you feel even more desperate about your financial situation. Avoiding is the worst thing you can do. I know it feels good for a second. It's that short-term pleasure of not dealing with it in the now. But at some point throughout the month, you're going to have to deal with that. But then you're going to be carrying all the negativity from the month prior that came from your avoiding that situation. Whereas you can just handle things and be mindful of your money and constantly be managing your money effectively and operate from a place of knowing or of empowerment. And while managing your money, you might be surprised. I can't tell you how many times I've gone through this exercise of going back through my credit cards and just finding memberships that I haven't used in a year or subscriptions when we don't even really watch a whole lot of TV. Or maybe you just listened to my podcast about decluttering and now you're like, oh, I actually have more than enough in my wardrobe. I don't need anything else. So then you can start eliminating line items from your money plan. Like maybe you don't need as much of a split for a new wardrobe. And if you are one of those people that ever stops and asks yourself, like, where is all my money going? Why does it seem to leave as soon as it comes? Being more proactive about your money and understanding it at a deeper level will prevent those kinds of thoughts. And those are the negative, scarce thoughts that you want to try to avoid anyway. So be mindful and attentive. And you'll probably realize that it is so much more freeing and stress-free when you know where you are and where you are going financially. You can cover your eyes and avoid it as much as you want, but that's only going to create more of that negative feeling within you. That avoidance is just pushing down the negativity and allowing it to snowball into a much bigger issue later on. You will be so much more overwhelmed about your money situation if you continue to avoid it. So you need to be proactive and make appropriate corrections and plans now. Be intentional. And if you're already living in a world of abundance, you don't have the ability to stop and realize how much more abundant you are this year than last year if you're not paying attention. So then you're missing out on wonderful opportunities to have a moment of gratitude or celebration of realizing where you currently are. So you need to constantly manage your money. I don't care if you make $500 a year. I don't care if you make $5 million a year. You always need to be your own personal CFO. That allows you to make corrections and to celebrate your wins and to see the progress that you've made. That's so important if you want to continue to manifest more. Not taking responsibility for managing your money It's kind of like if you wanted to go on a trip to Italy and you just walk out of your house, you don't have any bags, you don't have a map, you have no money on you, you forgot your keys, and you're just hoping that you're somehow going to show up in Italy relatively soon. I mean, you might. I mean, there's a good chance you could figure something out, but it will probably take longer, and I think we can all agree that you will meet significantly more resistance trying to get there than if you just had a plan going into it. That's the same thing with your money. Have a plan for it. And don't just get in the car and start driving without directions. 
One of the biggest mistakes I see people make when it comes to their money is they just procrastinate looking at their money all month long. They're not managing it. And then they look at their bank account from a place of scarcity and they're just like hoping for the best, hoping that it isn't going to be as bad as they think it's going to be. And what does that sound like to you? That doesn't sound like an abundant mindset to me. Money management cultivates more abundance. And living in fear or avoiding your financial situation has you operating from a place of scarcity. Like maybe if I don't look, it just won't be that bad. How many times does that actually work out for you? And you can keep telling yourself that like, oh, maybe if I just don't look or maybe if I push it to the end of the month, it'll seem a little better. That never works. And that just builds momentum for more negativity. And I get it. I know it's hard. I used to play victim to my finances all the time. And I would actually wait. I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, but I'm going to say it again. I would wait until like 1159 the night before my bills were due in order to pay them. And I couldn't help but think things like there goes that paycheck or like as soon as it comes in, it goes out. And I would just I was stuck in this revolving door of scarcity. And it's all I focused on when I managed my money. And it was no wonder at that time that I was struggling to manifest more wealth. Even though I was starting to begin my manifestation journey, I was still operating from a place of scarcity when handling my money. And I didn't have an accurate portrayal of my own money financial situation. I wasn't being proactive in my planning. And to top it all off, I was also operating in a world where, and if you've heard my story before, you know this about me, but I felt like I was such a fraud because I stepped into this world where people made so much money around me. And all of these people were born into wealth. And I just felt like I was this random person dropped into this world and I had to fake it till I made it. And I still had all these limiting beliefs about money that were going through my mind that we talked about in that first episode. And so I would go and buy secondhand Michael Kors, Calvin Klein, whatever it was that made me feel fancy from thrift stores. And while doing this, rather in spite of this, a large part of me resented the wealth of those around me for it because I was like, I'm having to go to thrift stores in order to just make it seem like I am one of them. And yet they are just inheriting this money and going and spending it. And they had this wealth since birth. And that's not fair. Maybe that resonates with you. And then I began having recurring thoughts like, if only I were born wealthy, if only my parents paid for my college, I bet they could have afforded Abercrombie and Hollister in high school. If only I had a BMW in high school. If only I didn't have a 1990s Crown Victoria with missing hubcaps and a white fender because both my older brothers hit mailboxes and light poles with it. If only I X, Y, Z. And then I would get angry. I'd be feeling all these things. And I was doing this as I was paying my bills. And then it prevented me from making a plan for my money because I was operating from that place of scarcity. I was operating from a place of victimhood. And when you're doing that, when you play victim, it's so much harder to get the motivation to take control of your financial planning. Because why plan for something that's just not your fault anyway, right? Maybe that resonates with you. You can't play victim if you want to get on top of your wealth. You can't blame all the reasons why you are where you are. You need to take ownership of it. And I know that can be a trigger for people. It was a trigger for me. I remember if someone told me that at that time in my life, I would have been like, well, you don't even know. You don't know what it's like to be where I'm from. You don't know what it's like to be in the situation where all these people have all this other wealth that they were born into, and that's not fair. But you know what? That's the journey my life has to take for me to become who I need to be. When you start to realize that, when you start to operate from a place of ownership and responsibility of your life instead of victimhood, that's when you start to make real change. 
And that was one of the last things that kind of clicked for me. So all of those limiting beliefs that we talked about in part one, that those limiting beliefs were plaguing me still. And I wasn't owning my financial picture or planning as a result. I was avoiding. I was just coming from lack, 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 operating from that place of scarcity, from victimhood. And I hadn't even stopped for a moment to be grateful for any of it. Like how fortunate that I could buy secondhand Michael Kors at the thrift store. So many people are struggling to meet the basics. And there I was, not even grateful for the fact that I had my basics covered. And that I was worrying about being able to buy a secondhand purse or watch just to look like everyone else around me. And when you operate from that place of scarcity or victimization, it's so much harder to be grateful. And that is such a huge part of your manifestation journey. And I was so fortunate that I could fake it until I made it to some extent. And so none of that changed for me. I didn't manifest more actual money until I learned to let that shit go. And I learned to stop coming from a place of, why is this happening to me? And I started coming from a place of, this is where I am. How do we move forward? How do we plan with our money so that we get to a place where we want to be? I stopped letting my money problems happening to me. And I took ownership of my thoughts and my money management, and I assumed the role of that CFO. And then that was the first year that I made six figures. And then since then, I have made more every year following, doubling that number. And now I'm able to call myself a multi-six-figure earner, a half-a-million-dollar earner, and on my way to becoming that seven-figure idea of wealth that I know is coming my way. But it's been a process and a journey, and I've had to work on myself to get there. Manifestation is not like the secret. You can't just hope for something to happen and the next day it falls in your lap. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate that movie. I just think that it only focuses on the law of attraction. It doesn't go into any of the other things that that also impact your manifestation abilities. So I tell you this so that you can learn from my mistakes and you can see the things that I was doing that were not perpetuating me in the right direction, that were not giving me what it was that I wanted. I was manifesting all the gift cards, the prizes, you know, all of that in the world, but I wasn't manifesting actual cash. And that's really what I wanted. And you have to cultivate a positive relationship with your money to get there. Money management shows respect and care. And it also allows you to know and witness your wealth growing as you manifest more. And otherwise, you might not be able to see the progress you have made. And you can't celebrate it if you don't. So now that you're on board and you know that you need to be your own CFO and you start taking control of your financial position and you start managing your money, you need to start looking at other things like what are your annual opportunities for spending? What tax bracket are you in? What are those implications? What vacations are you interested in taking? What do you need in order to get there? What are your investment goals long term? Plan for the short and the long term goals because that's what a real CFO does. They're looking one, five, 10, 20 years out and you should be too. As another personal example, I've become much more aware of our budgeting for and planning for our upcoming taxes each year. And I know that this tax subject can be so dividing for a lot of people, but this is my view on it. Not only have I learned the ins and outs of paying our annual taxes, but last year as we paid our annual taxes, I noticed that we went up another tax bracket. And instead of being frustrated that we had to pay more because of our income, I looked at this as an opportunity to say, thank you. I'm so thankful to the universe and to my money for being in a place where I get to spend that money. 
And you might think that sounds crazy, but I am genuinely excited. And that's the difference of leveling up when you start to get to new brackets of wealth. And you have to own this mindset and become the person that thinks this way in order to manifest more. This tax is a direct representation of the great financial year we had, and for that I am so grateful. And I'm so lucky to pay these taxes because it represents something so positive and meaningful to me. And I could have easily bitched and moaned about the bill, right? Or what I like to call my outflow investments that we talked about in the last episode. But that would have lowered my vibration and told my money to stop flowing to me. That would have disrespected my money with wealth. And like I said in last week's podcast, you can't want the wealth but hate everything that comes with it. You can't want the money to be coming, to be flowing your way and then refuse or cringe when it has to go the other way too. That's not living in flow. And this brings me to my last point about money management, which also ties into last week's topic. Your relationship and comfortability with giving money away. Letting it go out in flow. Are you truly living abundantly? Are you including a line item in your money management Allowing yourself to give or creating a plan to give. And how often does that happen? How often are you giving? Have you planned for or thought about the money, the amount of money you would like to set aside each year for donations? If that's not a part of your money management right now, I'd highly recommend you put it right up there with your necessities. Living abundantly means being inflow and outflow. Being generous. Living from a place of abundance, not scarcity. And in my mind, giving is one of the most abundant things that you can do. And it doesn't matter where you choose to give. Everyone has their own passions. Maybe it's homeless. Maybe it's animals. Maybe it's veterans. Maybe it's rainforests, elephants. To each their own. The where doesn't matter as much as the energetic exchange of the abundant giving. And I can't tell you how many times I have been walking downtown or just walking around the city with other people with me, and I'll give cash to someone that is panhandling. And without fail, anytime someone was with me, someone will always make some sort of comment that's like, did you know that I read that X percent of homeless people are actually frauds? Or I read online that the average homeless person makes 70000 a year. Or they're just going to use it for drugs and alcohol. Or I read this, that, and the other, whatever. At the end of the day, I don't care. My energetic connection with that person ends with my giving the money to them. And that is always positive. What they use it for is their prerogative. And that's their energetic flow with money. And you're welcome to disagree with me on this, but very few in this world, in my opinion, would ask to beg for money in order to survive. And I'm not going to punish the few that have swallowed their pride in order to do this because of whatever percentages there are online that are frauds. I know they could be frauds. But to me, that doesn't really matter because the fact that they're panhandling means that they probably need the money more than I do. If not physically, then energetically. Maybe they just need that energetic positive exchange. And if I need to use money in order to give them that, then I give them that love willingly. And I don't care if they already have a home, cars, TVs, and they're still out here begging. Because that means they're still coming from a place of scarcity. And if I can give them a nugget of abundance through my energy of money, then I want to give it to them, no matter their position. Because at the end of the day, we don't know their story. We don't know if they're trying to stay afloat, if they have huge medical bills. Maybe they have to choose between home or cancer treatment. We just don't know. We don't know why panhandling is their solution. And honestly, I don't care. Because it's not my job to judge that person for why they're there. 
it is only my job to make a decision about whether or not I want to energetically engage with that person. Do I want to give them a piece of my abundance? Do I want to have that energetic exchange with them? And if my generosity will give them a little bit of abundance in their lives, then maybe that is all they need to change trajectories. We don't know. And I also have a little bit of a different view, too, on homelessness because when I was in college, we had to do a project and we were tasked with redesigning the homeless shelter. And as a result, we had to interview homeless people in order to get an idea of what they needed in a shelter, what needs they had, etc. And then we were going to package up our ideas in this pretty little presentation and give it to the shelter for them to actually use and implement as they saw fit. And this was very uncomfortable for me. And I had to really address all the limiting beliefs that were coming up for me at this time because I was having some of those thoughts like, oh, I also heard that metric on how much they make. Or I'd also, you know, seen homeless people that have cell phones and I don't I could that time I couldn't afford an iPhone. So why why do they get to have one? You know, all of those things were coming up for me, but that wasn't their fault. That was mine. Those were limiting beliefs that I had to work through. And I think the universe took that as a learning opportunity for me because I was paired with a gentleman, a previously homeless gentleman, and he shared his story with me. And it completely changed my energetic perspective about people in his position. And I'm not going to give his name or what city he was from, but he moved to Austin from another city after having gone through a brutal divorce. And he spent all of the remaining money he had moving himself from that town to Austin. And when he got here, he had a place to stay and it fell through. And that friend was no longer willing to let them stay with him. And because he didn't have an address, he couldn't get a job anywhere. And because he couldn't get a job anywhere, he couldn't afford a hotel room. And he became homeless. So then he started working at a gas station every day because one of the gas station attendants said, hey, if you just sweep up around the stations, then I will give you, you know, 30 bucks a day or whatever it was. And it was a total cash situation. And he would use that to sometimes get a hotel room and clean up. But he used the bulk of that money to pay for his phone bill. And I had to ask myself, it, well, and I did ask him this. I said, why? I mean, there's money. You need to save up for an apartment. Like all these things were going through my head about what he could have done with that money. And he looked at me and said, I didn't want my sons to know I was homeless. Because to me, because to me, it's about my pride. And I don't want my son to know that I'm living on the streets. And so if I continue to pay my phone bill, then he'll still be proud of me. And he won't think that I've let him down and that I'm a failure. And so I thought about all the times I judged someone that was homeless for having an iPhone while they were out panhandling. And I'm thinking, what if this were him? And his only connection to his son is this cell phone. And so he sweeps the floors of this gas station and lives on the streets so that he can maintain that one connection that he has. And how, how dare I judge him for doing that? Yeah, try not to tear up talking about that story, but you know, it was just, it was one of those moments where I was just like, fuck, I, I had been looking at this situation on a pedestal, judging these people who I had no business judging, not giving them something that might be able to help them. Because at the end of the day, they're still in the streets, they're still asking, and not many people in this world would ask to be in a position to have to do that. And it took the story of that one gentleman to change my entire perspective on that. And I'm so grateful for him for having that conversation with me, being vulnerable and opening up to me about his circumstance. Because with that, I probably would not have ever changed my mind on that. And I owe that to him. And so now every person that I see on the streets, yes, I am going to give them some cash because I don't know their position. It's not my right to judge. 
And I I don't know who has a similar story to him. And even if they don't, again, not my problem to judge. My perspective in this energetic match is that I want to come from a place of abundance and try to give that to someone else. And maybe that one energy transfer, maybe that'll be the one time that they'll be able to use that money for something good. And to me, that's enough. And for you, maybe it's elephants. Maybe it's saving the rainforest. Maybe it's children or dogs or veterans. Whatever that is for you. If it makes you feel good and it makes you feel abundant and it gets you into the right energetic alignment, then that's what you should plan for. And how abundant would you feel having yearly or monthly or daily or whatever positive energetic exchanges with others and being generous? And when you really understand how to be in flow with money, when you really learn the importance of giving more, you will receive more so long as you're coming from that place of positivity. You will manifest back what you put out into the world. But to that end, the caveat, do not give with the intent of receiving back because that is scarcity. Giving with the sole purpose of receiving back is not manifesting. That's not a place of abundance. That's coming from a place of scarcity. And the universe can smell that bullshit from a mile away. So only give from a place of love and abundance. Only give to causes that you care about, that raise your vibe, that give you that positive feeling of peace. So every year, Evan and I set aside a very specific percentage of our money for nonprofits, service organizations, for service members as well, anything that we're passionate about. And we also set aside extra so that we can be generous in our day-to-day lives as well. I always carry cash with me because I never know who I'm going to run into. I tip my baristas very well. We always pay 20% or more when we order and pick up food, even if it's not delivered. If we get some sort of special service like a massage or energy healing or pedicure, then we tip well then too. And I don't care if I ever see that money again because that's not the point for me. I'm coming from a place of love and generosity, and I'm trying to allow the universe to work through me when it comes to abundance. How can I take the abundance that I've received and allow this to flow through me to impact someone else? And as a result, the paradox is, is that I do know it will come back, even though that's not the intention. And I'm so thankful to my parents and for Evan's parents as well, because this is a value that they instilled in us from very young ages. Both Evan and I were taught how to donate and give our time and money from from a very young age. And even when we were struggling right out of college, we still knew it was important to give. And both of us, having come from these families that really made an effort to give to others in need, it was something that we wanted to continue, even though we weren't where we are now. And I think because it's always been important to us, It's made it so much easier for us to live abundantly. So if this resonates with you, make sure this is a part of your money planning. To me, nothing gets me feeling more high vibe than helping someone else and helping someone else get more abundance. So if you're able to, give someone that positive surge of abundance too. Maybe one of these days you surprise one of your regular service providers with a large tip. Maybe instead of, you know, 15, 20%, $2 tip, whatever for your coffee, why not 20, 100, 500? you know, in whatever way that's aligned with you and your budget. See how that person bursts with radiance when gifted. And that energetic frequency, that positive exchange of energy for a moment is shared by you both. But make sure you're able to give from a place of abundance and not scarcity. So if you are living paycheck to paycheck, this message isn't necessarily for you just yet. You need to take control of your entire money planning first. And once you do that, then you will start to create abundance. And then you will start to engage in giving more abundance in return. There's a saying that goes something like this. It's those who give receive in return. And that's so, so, so true. 
As you manifest more wealth, it is important to remain in flow. And a part of that is stepping into the role of someone who in turn does good things with their money. And then you get to help the universe bestow abundance on other people. And it may not move the needle much for you, but it could be a total game changer for that other person. Allow the universe to work through you when you feel inspired to give. So to recap today, become a better friend to your money. Learn to speak its language and grasp a general understanding of how it works. Become your own CFO. Manage your money proactively and always be aware of the entire picture of your wealth. And then create line items for everything in your life, including giving. Those who give, receive. Thank you all so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, please, 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 please leave a review and share this episode with friends and family. That means a lot to me. I will catch y'all next Monday with the fourth and final part of this Money Mindset series. Until then, go out there and manifest some miracles. Thank y'all so much for hanging out with me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with new episodes. As always, we would love it if you would share this episode with friends and family who could use the inspiration. As a new podcast show, we would really appreciate your honest feedback so I know what you like and what you could use more of. As a thank you for leaving us a rating, we will send you our seven weekly tips to create space for abundance. Make sure you screenshot your review and email it to us at hello at the T-H-E modernmanifestation.com so we can send them straight to your inbox. If you'd like to stay connected, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Modern Manifestation, or you can head to our website at themodernmanifestation.com. Thanks again for joining me, and I will catch y'all in the next episode.